0: This episode is sponsored by Overcast, a better podcast app than whatever you're using right now. Unless it's Overcast, get Overcast for free on the App Store. Hey, hi my listeners. This is a solo episode with uh, uh, with just one of your co-hosts, Unji Kim. That's me. Peter is shooting a movie um, and, you know, experiencing success. So let's be happy for him and excited and send him all of our best vibes and um, extend that same courtesy to me as I embark on this solo episode alone. Um, that's what solo means. Okay. I... Um, I'm still feeling the effects of my concussion, and I'm going to go to a doctor next week um, because enough people were like, hey, this, you got to do it, and I'm experiencing some uh, symptoms that are still nagging me and bothering me. So I said, okay, I'm going to go to this doctor. I feel like my voice is even weird. Am I? Am I? Is it? I need someone to just DM me and let me know. Um, so we're going to start us off right away like we have been with uh, your your and our favorite part of the show, Kick-Ass Koreans. Gia. All right, my Kick-Ass Korean this week is a 19-year-old uh, who goes to... Harvard, yeah, uh huh. I know. Annoying. Um, but he is uh, the first trans openly trans swimmer in a D1 school. Um and they are a Harvard freshman, um Shuler Bailar. Shuler Skylar is a very uh it's one of those, like, white names. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. It's S-C-H-U-Y-L-E-R. And he was the top swimmer on the women's seam in high school and caught the Harvard recruiter's eye and decided to forestall um, entry, entrance, decided to delay entrance for a year in order to get um top surgery and transition and then kind of figured he would continue swimming on the women's team but his coach was like you know you're a man now and so he decided to spend time with both teams during that weekend and decided to be on the guy swim team and um What's interesting is that this is all in Teen Vogue. There have been multiple articles about him. And what the thing that I walked away from why he's speaking very specifically to the bills that are currently being passed in order to bar trans people from competing in sports and because of this perceived, I don't even know, the, the fact that Trans women would be, you know, I don't know, like un un it would be unfair. And it's just it's just a bizarre conversation to me. I mean, this is uh clearly discrimination, clearly about prejudice, clearly about um people being scared, right? Um, but Shuler. I'm gonna I'm gonna settle on Schuler as how I pronounce this. Schuler by Lar um, sort of addresses it and says very specifically in this article, it shouldn't be a privilege to be able to compete in a sport if you're trans. And if you can compete. Right? And his what was fascinating is that he's a champion, right? He was a top recruit in high school. He's done nothing but focus on the sport and you know it's a very distinct personality it's a very distinct mindset it's a very distinct type of fortitude to compete in anything at a certain level it takes a single-mindedness it takes a de- level of dedication and extra it's extraordinary right that's really what it is extra outside of the ordinary and he discusses how there was, like, this reprioritization of his own goals that had to occur when he decided to um, be on the men's team. And, you know, as a participant on the women's team, Shuler was headed towards, like, record-breaking stats. But being, the, uh, being that the competition on the men's team was on a different level, his dreams may not be achieved. And... He said it really nicely. It's like, I'm, it's the same sort of mindset, right? I'm, I'm going to be at the bottom and I'm going to slowly pick people off. It's not about records. It's about, not about ivies. It's about bettering myself every day and seeing where I can go. And that's the other part of this. Like, irrespective of what you do, does, having that level of maturity to, in spite of like the single-mindedness towards winning that occurs, Um, instead of all sports, competition, that he was mature enough to know that he needed to be himself over being the best, right? The perceived number one. Because there's simply nothing, because you can't come in first place in being yourself, right? That's not a competition, being the most authentic version of yourself, it's, it's, it cannot be a competition. So that the he had this maturity at 19 and knowing that it's simply that is what the reality and that it didn't, in fact, impact his own level of dedication, single-mindedness, this champion mindset is still in place. But is he couldn't deny who he was. It was a really interesting article. Um, Amazing story. Uh, Shuler Bailar is our kick-ass Korean this week. Kia! And yeah, we'll be right back. would have been nice if if he hadn't been gone to harvard you know what i mean um maybe that next time next time like love and openly trans like uh um a swimmer who uh goes to iowa you know mid-tier it's still a d1 or whatever you know level high competitive but like you know anyways it's the first is the first is the first is the first um i'm doing this alone again um and it've been, <clears throat> we've been going through, the last time I was doing solos, uh, it was a very precarious, scary place in the pandemic. And I mean, and you know, now we're kind of coming out of it, but now there's Delta again. And, you know, no matter how often we're saying that this is the new normal, no matter how often we say that, you know, this, uh, the reality has changed, I'm at an age where that's difficult to take on. I th- I'm realizing, and you know, with the Delta variant currently on the rise, um, I just I'm I it's this anxiety kicks in again. It's not anything I'm ever going to get used to. I'll be honest, you know, I I can't. If you're an anxious person or, at all. This shit's, I don't know if, you know, I don't know if this, the world is changing. And I think it's just become clear that our ways of coping need to change in accordance, accordingly. So I'm just going to have to do that. You know, I'm kind of at a point where I'm being a much more, less navel-gazing about it, uh, less self um the solipsistic, I kind of think, I'm in a, let's push up my shirt sleeves and get to work kind of mode. And yeah, I just got, we got to figure out, I got to figure out different ways of dealing with this anxiety. Um, You know, because I'm also very anxious to drive right now after the accident, so I haven't driven. Um, I've gotten into cars, uh, but still very afraid. And You know, it's a, I haven't had this kind of anxiety, honestly, like this overwhelming type of anxiety um, in quite some time. Um, I would say since I was a young person and, uh, you know, like where I'm like spontaneously bursting into tears at the idea of driving and shit. So, you know, I'm kind of in a mindset where I'm going to, you know, settle in do the work, emotional work, and take a step towards healing. And I think there is, I think we all kind of hope for like a deus ex machina, like deus ex machina kind of hand to come in and turn you around and Give you the revelation and then that somehow will change you and the thing is the revelation is the revelation is a revelation and you know if you've ever done psychedelics or um like mind altering drugs you know that you can have visions and see into things and really understand stuff deeply and like a fucking true ass revelation experiencing Experience something like that to your core, through your spirit, and you know that you can feel something like that. If you've ever experienced it, you know what I'm talking about, where the world feels irrevocably changed, where you feel and how your perceptions about the world have irrevocably changed. And you don't do shit. Nothing else actually practically changes. And I feel like I'm at a point where I need to change, enact change. And, you know, that's just simply the doing, the doing of it, the moving forward of it, the acceptance and um, work of it, right? These are fucking habits. And I think that's where I'm at right now. And it's, you know, you kind of get to, what's that phrase? uh, You have to be sick and tired or being sick and tired. Like, that's where I'm at, you know? And I feel it very acutely with sort of like where I feel like I am in my life or my anxiety levels and, you know, yeah, I think that I'm just trying to change some behaviors one at a time. One at a time. Because one of my behaviors is I take on 20 projects and then become overwhelmed and then don't do anything. But I am going to do it one at a time. That's one of the things I'm doing to change my habits. So one of the other habits that I'm going to try to change is um, I'm going to try. Can I say something? I'm going to be, this is kind of embarrassing, but like going on date nights, I don't know how people are doing it in a pandemic. We haven't really been doing it. No babysitters, you know. But I mean, also, date nights are so fucking ugh, embarrassing and basic. And it's like the only reason why you need to date nights, I and mean, you like, you know, people are like, oh, we love to keep things spicy. The only reason why you need to keep some, something spicy is because shit is bland. You know, like you only add spices to things that are bland. And I, I like bland, like, potatoes are bland and potatoes fucking rule i like potatoes i married potatoes i guess i guess that's why he married kimchi <laughs> okay um but yeah i mean this need for like connection it's like it's important i'm seeing that i you know this these are the habits i'm talking about like working towards something making concrete changes And it's like physical behaviors and habits that implement like an actual emotional change, I think, right? Outside of the revelation. I mean, that's, I mean, inside of religion, it's all based around habits and practices that are actually supposed to enhance and implement the revelation that people have around faith. You know, this ain't new, Um. I'm going to pretend like it is. Anyways, date nights. And so, I don't know. My husband and I have been, I don't know, I've talked about it on here before, uh, another child. We are having, um, not difficulty, but it's taking a longer time than anticipated. Um, And, you know, we went to get everything checked out, everything is fine, and my gynecologist was telling me, how much sex we need to be having right it's apparently uh before and after like you when you think your ovulation period is like for a period of about 10 days you need to be having sex like once to twice a day or ev- um like every other day or something like that and she was telling to me i looked at her and i literally said yuck 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 yuck, yuck. that's too much sex Right? Am I being prude? I mean that's so much fuck that's so much sex. Like my that's gross. Right? Yuck. Did I I mean I'm sure I've I have had that amount of sex before. Yeah, I have. And I mean that's just so much When are you eating? Lunch. You know, when are you tidying up around the house? I mean, I guess it could be kind of fast, but still, it's like you got to ramp yourself up. It's like a whole thing. There's the cleanup. It's the, you know, it's, there's other practical things to be considered when, I don't know. Anyways, let me know. I just thought it was so gross. Anyways, I mean, maybe this is part of the reason why... (laughs) I mean, I know what it. I know and understand how you get how one gets pregnant. I've been pregnant many times, but, ugh, gross. I mean, I just can't. I can't handle it. I. It was just. I can't. Ugh. You know, I've been noticing a lot of. Older people, like it's like a new thing where everyone looks hot into their 40s. Like and 50s now, it's like a thing. Like, if you're basically if you're rich enough, you should stay hot. And you know, it's just going back to the sex thing. It's just like I'm I'm fucking tired. Can we chill? Like, I kind of was hoping that in our 40s I'd get to chill. You know, I was telling my friend, I think I'd like I would take I'm gonna try to take a sabbatical from being hot in my 40s. Like I'll take a year off. You know, like, I'm fucking tired, especially if I do have another child. Like, I'm going to be fucking exhausted. I think I deserve to get, I mean, I'd like to, I'd like to snack in the evening. You know, I think I deserve, I think I deserve a Dorito. Anyways, it's like a, a you know, I was like remaining so youthful and, uh, Like, when do you get to be old? You know, and give up. And it's not about like giving up being interesting or searching. It's the specific superficiality, right? Because it's, and I'm not saying that it's up taking care of myself. It's looking good and hot is a very different objective than being healthy. One can be a side effect of being healthy, but I would say that being hot and looking hot, the side effect, the, a side effect of that is not always being healthy. You know, like, I would strongly encourage all of you to watch Kelly Rippa's Food Diary. Um, I think it's from Elle or Vanity Fair. That bitch eats nothing. Like, she describes something as chewing food, you know? And she, and the way that she looks at the camera is like, I'm, of course, I'm a human being. I'm like, what? Are you? But, like, of course, I'm a human being if I want to have a piece of chocolate or if I have one, she's like describing things like eating something in, uh, in singles, like eating one chip, eating one piece of chocolate, one almond, like from, like fucking s- strange. I, I can't imagine eating one. I can't imagine eating one burrito, but I would eat that burrito with something else like, that's a meal. You gotta have one thing. Like, I like bowls because there's a lot of things in the bowl. Like, that's my favorite dish. But yeah, watch that. And she talks about how she, as someone who's in her 50s, I think at that point, she is like, I need to stay ready. Like, I can't get ready because it takes me so long. Like, if I, there's a photo shoot, there's something like, I need to constantly be in this state of readiness and readiness for her is being hot, being like very spry and like probably working out for three hours a day and eating an almond, you know, and a and a, a salad. And then later at night she eats a salad with salmon, you know, but usually she, it's tofu. It's like, I can live a life like that. I don't want to. Like I'm I love things that give you gout. Like, that's my main thing I like. I like oysters. I like lobster. I like crab. I like alcohol. I like smoking. I like butter. I like pork belly. I like hot dogs. I like sausages. I like hamburgers. I like tacos. I like. Seafood Tower is my favorite food. I mean that's my favorite food. Seafood Tower is my favorite food. Four tiers. A four tier seafood tower. Like a legitimate, like at a fancy restaurant. Like at a fancy, fancy restaurant. Like where you go for a graduation. That is my favorite food. I can't eat I can't eat an almond as a snack. I mean I don't I don't you know. I just think that we should be able to chill at a certain point, you know? I mean, granted, having a child this late in my life would also affect that, right? I don't know. I, f- I mean, I just wish that we could just, like this, like, this hotness thing also feels like, to me, you know, the same sort of um, assault on... Women's bodies that like happened in like the early nineties, but it's like all couch in this language of wellness and it's you know as a person who, who has uh, in recovery from an eating disorder, like it feels I like immediately clocked it right because it's literally the language that e d people would do on uh message boards. Trigger warning. By the way, if, if you have to skip this, it's fine. Um, but it's literally the same language about like how I feel. So uh, I, it's not about how I, I like I feel and like calorie counting and like it's the idea that um, food is um, not something to be enjoyed but fuel to be burned and um you know it's the same talk of self-love that happens inside of like um eating like people's minds like about needing love right how they when they reach a certain goal way, like this is that's when people will start to love them And it's like, but the wellness thing, it kind of wraps up like even your own self-worth, how you will love yourself. Like, because I mean, at least with ED people, there's no illusion that that was ever the case. So there's this added pressure of not only not getting wrapped up in calorie counting, but being sure to love yourself. Remember that being thin is never the goal. Just everything that you do is supposed to be geared towards that right? It's like, it's like actually the scariest villain in any movie, right? The one that um, one side is like, like welcomes you in and is so nice. And ultimately is the one that has been um, plotting your ruin the entire time. Like that's the, that's the that's the Shyamalan twist, right? Like the call was coming from inside the house kind of shit. Yeah, I just want to. I just want to chill. I want to take. I want to be. I want to be forty eight, and wear like stupid pants. And like, eat a bag or something. That's that's a sing. That's something I could. That's a that's a singular. I could eat a bag, one bag of something. That's a one. I could eat. I need one bag or something. I eat a bushel. That's the singular, you know crazy to me. Oh my God, the new 40s, the new 30, 50s, new forty. It's like, can we just let a bitch be old, chill? Can I? I mean, I'll still exercise. I'll still eat well or whatever, you know? I'll still drink. I'll, I'll start drinking water. Yeah, I got to start drinking water. It's a big thing. I mean, so this is coming up because I also had to do all this like health stuff because it was fu- and concussion and I'm having to exercise and like I feel been feeling weird with my own body because probably because of the concussion. And but I got all this like blood work done and I gotta do this thing where I gotta test my cortisol levels and like you know. I'm just getting old. And you know, it's just like so much – it's like with, it's like a car. Like you got to do more maintenance the older it gets. And I know this is like fucking stupid, like hack shit to talk about, but it's like – it's work. It's so much work. And then to tap on top of that too with this expectation that you would still be great looking. You know, that's – to me that's – un not unfair, but – unrealistic expectation right you know because like inside of show business right now you can't just be talented you like need to be hot like that is a necessary like it's not just like regular hot you have to be like interesting cool and good at this and this and this and have blah 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 and I guess I just like would like to chill you know, like, it It occupies a level of bandwidth um, within myself that I know is not good for me. Like, if I put that next to, like, my social media, um, like, comparison stuff to this, like, and I, I obviously... I think more than most people make a great effort to stay off of it. Like, I'm not really on social media that much. Like, in pandemic, I've, like, made a conscious decision to step out of it and then go back in step out of it and go back in. And it's been great, you know? Like, it's been better because, you know, like, I can only imagine how much worse it would be. Like, if I had any other shit going on, you know, I mean I do have other shit going on. This is the reason why it like it ha it, it only helps, it doesn't make it better, but you know. I just I, I will say that there is something in me that really needs um to hate something, you know. You guys would be you're familiar with the Han. And I do, I need to I need to fucking hate on something. And inside a pandemic it was like because everything was in so online and social media became this like toxic addiction of mine, I unfollowed everyone that I was hate following because I hate followed so many people. Like I would just follow them just to fucking hate and feel that rage in me, a disgust. That's really what it is. It's not just rage. It is a deep disgust, I feel. Right? It's a disgust because that's what's, distinct about disgust from pity is a rage right so I was hate following these people and just filled with so much disgust and disdain and like like it's that my hackles were always being raised and ire was being riled or whatever you know and I mean, I bet if I took this cortisol level when I just did, did a passive scrolling through my Instagram, it would be fucking nuts. Like, and I would do deep dives, and it's just like... Uh, uh. So that you figure out more intricate ways and make more assumptions about their lives. You know? Like, fucked up. So I haven't followed them. Like, even talking about it now, I'm getting, like, the vapors. And... I... I honestly... It was it felt so cleansing. It was felt very good. I just muted all these assholes, and they're not all assholes. I'm the asshole. You know what am I? F- Wait, this bitch can't just be hot. You know she can't just have fucking five kids. Why do I have to judge? Right? She just she's just fucking hot. She's got five kids. She's she's always wearing a bikini. Who am I to judge? You know she's she um loves things that are. Uh, In cursive. She loves to craft. You know, she loves printed things that are dazzled. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't have shit. I do. You know, me with my, you know, like, stupid indie, like, everything's gotta be wood ass. You know, like, I, I drag me. But anyways, I would stop watching. I stopped following them. And... I instead started to listen to, like, Joe Rogan podcast and, uh, like, all of his, like, satellite comic, comic podcasts so that I could hate listen to these people. And I like it. I mean, like, I don't like all, I mean, like, a lot of it is, like, problematic, and I skipped it, you know, whatever. It's fucking bad. But, you know what? It's like, you know what? It's like sort of hanging out. I remember these conversations I would have with dudes, like, at, in college, like, with these guys. Like, it feels like the Joe Rogan and all these guys, it feels like when you get stoned with, like, white dudes in their dorm room, and, like, you're just like, pat- and, you know, everyone's, like, talking about, like whales and like you know how crazy it is that like we don't know where um like where whale how whales make sound. This is true by the way. We don't know or where whales can make their sound because they don't have fucking vocal cords and shit, right? but they can sing a song. I mean these whales have bangers. Like, there's shit that is popular for the season, for the summer. Like, that shit like, that shit was a banger. And then, then like, they'll pass it all along and shit. And we don't know how they even make that sound. So, you know, like, shit like that. And you're, like, stone. You're, like, whoa. Like, are they aliens? You know, like, all that stuff. And, like, that's what a Joe Rogan podcast, like, it's, like, one of those kind of conversations. That's a lot of them. And then it's like, you know, in the side of that hang that you have with these white dudes in a dorm room and you're passing around the bowl, like when then someone will drop some like crazy racist shit or like, well, you know, like because you're Asian, like something like that, like pop off in that way. And then you're like, ah, and then you realize that you're in a room with just like all white people and like you're getting stoned and you're like watching kids on a movie, you know, like in their like. TV that's in their lofted bed or some weird shit and, like, too much dark – it's too dark and there's too much black light and then you kind of, like, back – and then you get out of there and you get out of there and that's what I do. So I'm just saying, like, that's been – that's actually supplanted. And it's funny because I went in and did initially hate it. That's the reason why I did it because I needed to fill that space in my life and now it's, like, what the fuck – You know? My therapist has been saying that maybe I don't need to feel that at all. And I literally told her that's how I know I'm alive. So, I mean, like, you know. Maybe, like, rage doesn't have to be the only barometer for feeling alive, right? Maybe I can like chill and feel alive. Because the things I have been chill, I am chilling. I can chill, I'm capable of chilling. I can, and I have, I swear. But it's the feeling that that sensation is adequate. That it is as fully alive as it is when I am seething while I watch a lady put together a very beautiful five year old birthday party, you know, um, we're wearing, you know, like a crop top and with like a six pack. And, um, you know, I just, I don't, I don't, like, it's, it's like this, it's a hate that is beneath me, and that is something that I think helps with me, like, disengaging from it. So I, I I am currently not better than that, but I know I could be, you know? This was a weird one, right? I, um... i mean uh this is a weird one i think i'll I, i'm gonna ask you guys a question I would love to hear from you guys but so oh my god- so racism is like a is is bad but it's so it's so weird it's it's a funny It's a funny um, phenomenon that exists in our lives, like in small, like an insidious, small, microaggression-y, like, because the people that are the most racist are old immigrants, like truly. And because they are very, they're too specific with their racism, you know, and they have active beefs, right? I feel like... Yeah, the KKK, these extremists, like, you know, but these are extreme situations, like the kind of racism that most older white people have is from deep ignorance, right? Like, I feel like old immigrants that have racism, it's like specific beef, I don't like these motherfuckers for very specific reasons that were not that long time, that were not that long ago. And... And it's fine, you know, like, whatever. We're all dealing with it. We've talked about it on the pod before, how we deal with racism of our parents, our grandparents. But my... So recently, my son uh, and my husband were, like, walking. And my son looks very Asian. You know, like, you can't look at this motherfucker and think anything. I mean, well, we'll find out. Because some Hispanic people do think he might be Hispanic. Um, But he looks very clearly Asian to me. And they were walking along the lakefront in Chicago, and this older Hispanic woman stopped them, like climbed out of the lake and dripping wet, stopped them and wanted to know what was happening with my son's face because she was like pointed to my husband's face, pointed to my son's face, and was like what's what's happening is he is he yours like i think maybe it came from a level of like uh you know maybe my husband seemed looked creepy to her or something maybe it was like a safety thing but she just wanted answers and you know it's happened before where like they just want to know what's happening this uh, this what does this one belong to you you know and it's all older I- immigrant people. Like, what's going on with you? They like have no reservations of being like, why, you, why is your face like that? Why are you fat? Why are you dumb? You're making, why are you making bad decisions? Is it because you're dumb and you're fat? What's happening? You know, it's like that's the thing. But I think younger, I mean, and so, you know, my son will obviously I have to deal with that but it's like there it's a generational way because i feel like people that are gen x younger we kind of understand that like asking like having your curiosity satisfied today may mean a like a school shooting tomorrow right we understand the implications of bullying in a more acute way but yeah i don't know how to like You know, is there, is there a way to prepare a child for this? You know? I guess that's my question. I'm going to end this on that. I guess that's my question. Anyways, this is a weird app. I know I've said that a couple of times. I'm concussed, guys. Give me a break. Um, I'm uh, going to be uh, doing a show on Friday uh, at the Logan Square Theater for the L Word premiere. Um, if you guys I'll have tickets on my Instagram you can uh, click through if you want to come there's going to be a 7.30 show and a 9.30 show hope I see you guys there and that's it bye bye